And one of the mindsets in here is developing a growth mindset. I think it's really important to always want to be learning new things, always trying to be improving yourself and growing as a person and as a leader. And so I think it's really important to take workshops, read books, identify those areas that maybe you're a little bit more, a little weaker in and, you know, try to improve yourself. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, small biz lady, America's number one small business expert. And I am proud to welcome you tonight to Small Biz Chat Podcast. And I am so excited to be here with you tonight. We have an amazing show in store. Now, here on the Small Biz Chat Podcast, we talk about how to start and grow successful small businesses. And my guests have amazing insight to share. And you're going to get sage advice from multiple perspectives. It's a peer-to-peer interview show that gives small business owners a way to get invaluable business advice. And our mission is to end small business failure. So now let me introduce my guest. She is a highly respected entrepreneur, speaker, advocate, and author of the new book, Master Your Mindset, How Women Leaders Step Up as Chief Executive Officer of Design to Deliver She provides program management support services to federal government agencies. In 2021, she founded Bellamo Leadership Institute to help women become better leaders. She served on the board of the board of directors for the National Association of Women Business Owners. And she also serves as a delegate to the United States on W20, the G20's working group on women issues and is a member of the advisory board of George Mason University's Women in Business Initiative. For more information, go to mollygimmel.com. Molly, welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Thank you for having me. All right. So tell me about your business. Tell me how you became so wise about, you know, women's business leadership and what we all need to do to be better. Well, um, I founded my business. I co-founded my business, I should say. Uh, designed to delivery in 2001 after spending 10 years working for several of the large government contracting consulting firms. And when I first started the business, when uh, my business partner and I, Diana, uh, we were similar to what Serena does, actually. We were a consulting firm helping small businesses to do government contracting. But after a few years of that, we decided to pivot and start bidding on contracts for ourselves. And unfortunately, we did have to write proposals. But it became very lucrative because we won several large contracts and grew very fast. And as part of that, I joined NABO, the National Association of Women Business Owners, because I had never owned a business before and I wanted to get that education around being a better business owner. And was very active here in the local, I'm in the DC area, I was very active here in the local chapter, and then decided to get involved at the national level, served on several national committees, then on the national board. And so that's really what sparked my interest in leadership and helping women become more effective leaders. Well, what was it like for you to run a business that was growing that fast? It was a little crazy. <laughs> we, 
we went from 20 employees to about 80 in about three years. And it was, it was crazy. It was a lot of scrambling and juggling and um, keeping balls in the air and trying to hire a ton of people all at the same time. And fortunately with government contracts, a lot of the time when you win them, you just hire all the people that the former contractor employed. And that was the case on some of our contracts, but there were others that we had to go out and hire. And so when we got to about 45, 50 employees, then we were like, we really need an HR manager. So we had to bring in an HR manager to help manage the the people and deal with all the benefits and stuff. And um, so, yeah, it was a little crazy, but but fun and exciting at the same time. And uh, and you've been on the Inc. 5000 list a couple of times, right? Yeah, four times we made the Inc. 5000 list. Good stuff, good stuff. Now, tell me, when did you start, like, why did you decide to start the Valemo uh, Leadership Institute. I s- decided to start that last year when I finished writing my book because I wrote the book for the person that I used to be. I took a class and they said, the person that you're best equipped to help is the person that you used to be. And I thought about when did I need that kind of help? And it was really a couple years before I started my business when I was working for one of the large consulting firms. I was at Arthur Anderson in their government practice. And I had gotten promoted into a leadership position into a, as a manager and really wasn't given much training or mentorship. And so I decided to start the Valama Leadership Institute to provide women who are at that level in their careers with that leadership training, that community and network of other women peers in other organizations, and to provide that training and mentorship to women in that space. Well, I, I think that's an interesting concept about training the woman that you used to be. Um, that that is a very powerful uh, statement. Now, I know in your book, uh, Master Your Mindset, you talk a lot about the power of connection. And mm-hmm. but what I thought was fascinating is you say it's important to connect to oneself before you connect to others. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, I think in order to be an effective leader, you have to know yourself first. And the thing that makes people be attracted to a person as a leader is confidence. That's the number one characteristic that draws people to you. But how do you get that confidence? You get that by figuring yourself out, by knowing yourself better, by um, knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and believing in yourself. And so I think it's really important to, um, and I use the word connect as, as uh, to say that, to say knowing yourself, understanding how you feel, understanding how you think in order to know yourself better, to be a, a better leader. What are some of the other things that you think are important when you think about leadership? Like what other skills do people need? Obviously, okay being honest about who they are as a communicator and leader. Okay, but what else do they need to know? Yeah. Well, in this book, I talk about different mindsets that are important to be an effective leader. Um, So the book, as you mentioned, is about connecting with yourself and then connecting with others. But then within each of those sections, I talk about different specific mindsets that have to do with that. So for example, within connecting with yourself, there's getting over imposter syndrome. There's mastering your mental chatter. There's developing resilience. Um, there's being decisive and then in connecting with others, there's having empathy, there's, uh, being approachable, being authentic. So those are all different mindset areas that I think are really important 
each of them is important individually, but then also collectively in order to be an effective leader. So are there specific things you think people should be doing to improve their leadership? Absolutely. I think, you know, and one of the mindsets in here is um, developing a growth mindset. I think it's really important to always want to be learning new things, always trying to be improving yourself and growing as a person and as a leader. And so I think it's really important to take workshops, read books, identify those areas that maybe you're a little bit more, a little weaker in and, you know, try to improve yourself. Now, I know that one of the things you talk about is, you know, being authentic and being transparent um, about Mm -hmm. your own struggles and challenges and and, and fortitude. Um, But should everybody know these things about you? Or, I mean, (laughs) do you need to pick the two or three people in your organization that needs to know about that time you had that Mariah Carey meltdown? I mean, you know, like... (laughs) Well, I don't think anybody needs to know about your Mariah Carey meltdown. (laughs) (laughs) I think being authentic is not about telling all of your secrets. It's, It's about being you. It's about being the real you, not trying to put on a false front and pretend like you have no emotion or, um, always that you're always perfect. It's admitting that, yeah, you make mistakes, but it's not necessarily sharing all of your, you know, the skeletons in your closet. It's a very different thing. <laughs> all right. And let's talk about imposter syndrome. because This is something sure. that comes up a lot. I hear yeah. young women talk about it, but I hear seasoned women talk about imposter syndrome. And, it, and it's this idea that they don't deserve to be in the spot that they're in or that they don't deserve the opportunity, um, you know. That, that people think they're smarter than they really are. Oh no, what if somebody finds out, right? You know, yeah. why do you think it's important to nip imposter syndrome in the butt? And what are some of the ways that you suggest people do that? Um, I don't know that imposter syndrome is that you don't deserve it. It's that you feel like you're a fraud. You feel like you're not actually qualified to be in the position that you're in. And I think that happens a lot when people are put into new positions, when they're promoted or they get a new job or something along those lines. And it's something new and different and they haven't done it before. So therefore they don't feel qualified. They feel like a fraud and they're, they're worried that people will figure out that they really don't know what they're doing. And I think it's not necessarily a horrible thing. As I say in the book, Adam Grant, who is a, an author of several books and a professor at Wharton, cites a study in his new book that medical students who have imposter syndrome actually give better patient care than ones who are overconfident because they're worried that they're not as qualified. So they make sure they're doing everything right. So, you know, I think there's not, it's not a problem to have imposter syndrome. It's a problem when you can't get past it, when you let it sabotage you. So I think some ways to get over it are to identify what's making you feel imposter syndrome. Is it the fact that you, it's a brand new position and you don't really know what, you, what you're doing. You don't have experience. Do you think that everybody else is more educated than you? You know, figure out what it is that's causing you to have that imposter syndrome, to feel like you're not qualified for whatever position you're in, and then fix that situation. You know, if you feel like people have more knowledge than you, go take a course in the topic. Go take a workshop. Read. Read a book about it. Read a book about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And then... um you know, how can you stay more mindful around your self-talk? Because isn't it your self-talk that kind of talks you into imposter syndrome? 
Absolutely. How can you be more mindful about how you talk to yourself? Yeah, you, you know, your self-talk is kind of the key to everything. It's that voice in your head that's saying either, hey, you're doing a great job, or hey, you really don't know what you're doing, you're an imposter, or hey, you're really stupid, or whatever. Um, a lot of people have very negative self-talk, so I think it's important to be aware of what your self-talk is, to really listen to yourself listen to that voice in your head and identify what it's saying to you and figure out if it's being helpful, if it's being supportive to you, or if it's sabotaging you. And if it is sabotaging you, being aware of that so and coming up with counters, you can actually talk back to that voice. And if it starts up on you and tells you how stupid you are, you don't know what you're doing or whatever, tell it to shut up. Um, <laughs> exactly. Seriously. And some other things too, right? Um, yeah. So listen, what is the best business advice that you've ever gotten? The best business advice I've ever gotten is to always keep learning new things. I think that's great advice. I think that's really, really great advice. And listen, I'm really so excited to dig into more of your book um, because you really hit on some really important stuff that I think any leader at any level, you know, can benefit from. What is your favorite podcast? I will say it's School of Greatness with Lewis House. That That's a good one. I, I like Lewis um, a lot, and that's a good podcast. Good stuff. What's your favorite app? Um, I'd say Evernote. I keep everything in there. That's my go-to depository or repository for notes, passwords, everything. Love it. Favorite old school marketing tip? Um, my favorite old school marketing tip is to be focused, to not just throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks, but to focus on what your key capabilities to your target customer. What is the best business book you've ever read? Best business book you've ever read? Um, besides my own, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say it's, um, I have so many because I read business books constantly, but I'll say it's Decisive by Chip and Dan Heath. Okay, I haven't read that one. So interesting. Why do you like that book? It really gave me a new perspective on different ways to make effective decisions. And I think that's really important to being a, a good leader is making, a, making good decisions. I agree. Another book that I read similar to that, um, it's called Thinking Fast and Slow. It's, it's a very good book because I used to think the power of making a decision was how fast you made the decision. And it was mm -hmm. when I went to graduate school and got my MBA at Drexel, they made like one of the first things they did, they made us read this book, Thinking Fast and so on. And I was like, ah, I don't need that. And then I read this book and I was like, oh, dang. Like, you know, it made me completely think about things differently. Because the one thing I remember about that book was they said, you got to make sure you're, you're answering the right question. And sometimes mm -hmm. you too fast. You might be thinking it's this when if you actually took a minute to think about it, it's this over here. Yeah. So, that, so that was a very powerful uh, message from that book. So I love that book. I, I like you, am a voracious reader, but one of my favorite books is um, Disrupt You by Jay Salmon. And I love that book because he says, if you want to disrupt the world, start by disrupting yourself. So I love that book. And I love Jay. Thank you so much for being my guest. And if you're a woman business owner, please add Molly Gimbel's new book, Master Your Mindset, How Women Leaders Step Up to Your Reading List.
Thank you all for joining me for this episode of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. If you're still working on your digital pivot, please take advantage of Small Biz Lady University. We have four courses available for you to take your business to the next level. And I want to invite you to check them out because everyone deserves to make the money that they work so hard for it. So listen, a mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, your host, and I will leave you with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you won. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.